Good afternoon and welcome to Philanthropy Matters on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. I am your host, Wanda Pierce, and I am here today with our guest, Anita Friedman, who is the director of the Arlington County Department of Human Services. Welcome, Anita. Thank you, Wanda. Great to hear you and speak with you. And so glad to have you on the show. So before I formally introduce our guest and begin the interview, I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit about the show. It's called Philanthropy Matters because that's what I believe. And professionally, I've spent the bulk of my 30-year career working in the philanthropic sector. I've had the privilege of leading a variety of nonprofit organizations, as well as sitting on the boards of several nonprofits. So what is philanthropy? What does it mean? Well, if you look up the definition of philanthropy, it's goodwill to fellow members of the human race. It's especially active efforts to promote human welfare. It's an act or gift done or made for humanitarian purposes. Philanthropy literally means love of mankind. It ranges from people donating millions to kids collecting canned goods for the local food pantry or donating their toys. It's volunteering your time or donating your skills. We could all be philanthropists in some way. Philanthropy truly involves everybody, individuals, families, organizations, companies, and government, all working together for the greater good. Over the course of this program about philanthropy, we have been meeting people and organizations involved in philanthropy across the community, human services, education, youth development, the arts, homelessness, affordable housing, aging, social justice, racial equity, the environment, healthcare, and more. And today we'll be focusing on human services, and in particular, our own local government's Department of Human Services. So now on to the interview. I'm thrilled to have our Director of Human Services, Anita Friedman, on the show. She oversees Arlington's largest division, and in my opinion, the division that closely represents philanthropy, goodwill to fellow members of the human race. Let me tell you a little bit about Anita's background. She is, as I said, the director of Arlington County's Department of Human Services. She supervises all five operating divisions, delivering services that promote a community of, of healthy, safe, and economically secure children, adults, and families. Anita, tell us about the Department of Human Services. What is its mission? What does it do? Thank you, Anna. It's a pleasure to be with you again after so many years. Department of Human Services is the largest department of the 12 county departments in in Arlington County. For fiscal year 24, it will be 788 employees, a budget of $183 million. That's a large amount of money being put into human services. And human services are basically all the kinds of services that help people thrive from prenatal until the end of life and to be able to live healthy, economically secure, um, and safe lives in Arlington. And we do this through, like you said, five forward-facing divisions where uh, our customers, which are nearly uh, a quarter of the population of Arlington, comes to our department for some kind of service. The great thing is that Back in 1969, when we were created, we were established as an integrated department of human services. This is unusual if you look across the country at human services and social services departments. 
because when people in need in other jurisdictions uh, have, for example, they go for housing assistance to one place, then they'll have to take a cab over or a bus to go to get, uh, you know, food assistance and another place will offer the employment assistance and a fourth place will, will offer the mental health assistance. We have it all co-located and administrated by one department in Arlington. That's in order to make it easier for our clients, our customers to receive an integrated approach to their needs. People may come in, let's say, and say, I'm about to be evicted. And when you talk to them, you find out, well, they also don't have enough food to eat. Uh, their kids are having issues or there are other family members. And so that means we can address multiple needs in one place. So that's, that's a real advantage. And uh, we try and do a wraparound approach for the folks who, who we serve. I wanted to say that we had a uh, vision, mission, values that we had for about 10 years, which focused on meeting people where they're at and good customer service and, you know, staff engagement. But we had left out a very important consideration, which starting in 2022, we now have in, inserted into our vision, mission, and values. And that is to lead with race, to center race. So our mission actually now states in solidarity with black, indigenous and people of color, we will create equitable access to the resources and opportunities needed for every community member to be healthy, safe and economically secure. And our vision includes a statement where we will be deliberately working to uh, remove systemic barriers to access uh, to resources and opportunities. And the reason we did this is because we are aware and, and have developed greater awareness that in every system that we work, whether it's in the health sector, education, employment, behavioral health, we know that there are inequities, particularly for BIPOC people, that the outcomes that people have based on their uh, race and ethnicity have, you know, because of that, they are worse off than other people uh, who are not Black, Indigenous, or, or of color. So we want to be explicit, not exclusive, but explicit about removing structural and historical barriers, about meeting people where they're at with equity-driven services, to include diverse voices and uh, people with lived experience in our decision-making, to value our staff for who they are, their authentic selves, and also to hold ourselves accountable. Um, so I wanted to mention that because uh, we have committed not to just the vision, mission, values, and of course, sharing that at every opportunity with staff and in, in town halls. We've, we're doing extensive uh, training internally. We have a very strong um, staff team of 40 people, which we call REAP, Racial Equity Advancement Partners, who are champions and advocates for racial justice. So we, we're doing capacity building, we're looking at our own practices, and we're communicating about that in the community um, with regard to equity. 
Wow. You know, Anita, that that is fantastic. I knew you had started this, a lot of that work about uh, six years ago. And um, I, I'm just, I am just so like, I don't know if the word stunned is, a, is the right word, but um, amazed, I guess, is the word I'm looking for of the commitment that, that you and leading this department have made. Because as we all know, in our general, in our nation, and even some parts of the state, there's beginning to be a lot of backlash against uh, the progress that's been made since 2020 with regard to uh, racial equity, with regards to um, looking at systematic racism, which exists, is, has existed since the founding of the nation, but now there's a backlash. And so for you to, to move forward with um, and remain committed to this is just so wonderful and so great to hear. And you know, we shouldn't take it for granted here in Arlington because that this is this is really um, forward thinking and on the um, leadership um, in terms of this whole area. So I commend you. I know it's not easy because there's a lot of education involved. I mean, a lot of us, just, you know, are still learning about um, a lot of these root causes and the connections and, and all of that. But for you to be putting it into the um, into into everything you do, actually, it's not just in your mission statement, but actually um, making it work, and then also all the way down towards um, towards the the employees. And I will just say for our listeners that under Anita's leadership over the what last ten years or more of this division, seven years as department head, but I've been in the department for fifteen years. Yeah, so. I mean, so we, we we see the progress that's being made. And I just want to say that it is known as one of the divisions that are probably the, the most customer sensitive. And I'm glad to hear that because she has so many outwardly facing uh, divisions that we as the public rely upon. So the fact that you're putting this forward and putting the customers first, but then also uh, backing up um, your employees of in terms of all of these um, these values, I, I really uh, um, admire you for that. So, thank you. It's a work in progress. You know, we're all on a journey. It's we're at different places in this journey, uh, but it needs constant um, constant work. Absolutely. And so, for our listeners, um, let's go over the the five um, divisions that that are a part of the Department of Human Services. And I and I. And I will say that the last time when you were here, when you were celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Department of Human Services in 50th. Arlington. I'm 50th. sorry, the 50th anniversary, excuse me. And that was in 2019. Right. And we went through the different divisions. And um, I remember we ran out of time for public health. And I said, oh, okay, that's, you know, death <laughs> certificates and stuff like that. And, you know, get your shots and all that. <laughs> Didn't really spend much time. And then three months later, we know what happened. So um, I, I want to make sure I don't give any short shrift of any of the divisions because you never know, three months later, they yeah. may be the most important division. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's exactly what happened in 2019. I, I remember our conversation. And then <laughs> who would have predicted, you know, um, we started seeing cases of uh, COVID, you know, coming. And you know that people who come uh, into the area through the uh, Dulles International Airport, if they're Arlington bound, they become an Arlington client of uh, public health if there's an issue. 
Yes. And there were issues starting with with COVID late, late 2019, early 2020. The, the cases started to grow. And there we were in March, March 15th, I think it was the, the emergency was declared. Right. Um, it, it, the interesting thing was we always said we have to we can only do our services in pub in person. No one should be remote teleworking. No, that's just not the right thing for human services of people to do. Well, within three weeks, everybody, 800 people had laptops and were remote work. Wow. And uh, the public health <clears throat> division, which is a public health department led by Dr. Ruben Varghese, you know him. Yes. He was, became the incident commander um, along with Dr. Aaron Miller from, from uh, emergency management and it was crazy. What shall I tell you? It was crazy. Um, you know, every day, well, where's the where's the vaccine? Who's got vaccine? How do we know who's contagious? Who's gonna how are we gonna test these people? How are we gonna trace this? So that played out basically for three years. And, and amazingly, you know, we were very you know, under Dr. Varghese's leadership and all the many people who, who contributed, we managed to prioritize the populations, you know, the way we were required to by age and disability at first and first responders. We were be able to, we transformed everything from lobbies of buildings to churches to be clinic sites. You know, we, uh, they vaccinated I don't know, over 200,000 people in the wow. end. We set up contact tracing. Uh, we had certain places in the community where it would be easier for people to get the vaccine. You know, Arlington Mill, we had a big site. Uh, Walter Reed, we had a site. Lubber Run, we had a site. Amazon gave us space to have a site. We partnered with Macedonia Baptist Church. They had a site. Arlington Free Clinic helped us vaccinate. It was, you know, all hands on deck and we hired a lot of extra nurses and temps and we had to take the people from school health to put them into clinics. We had people calling, um, you know, to make sure everyone got their appointments. It was a massive effort. It, it was. And I have to I have to give you credit because you also you did everything you still did everything through an equity lens and you really did make sure that those people who uh, would not, who needed the education about it were, were, were um, educated. And yeah. I know that um, part of my volunteer experience was being the co-chair of the complete vaccination committee. Right. And, and right. that, uh, that helped me a, a little lot. bit more up, uh, up, up, up close and personal to see how you guys were handling. Cause everything yeah. that we did in terms of trying to get the message out was all it all came from you guys? We had to know what Dr. Varghese was saying and what you were saying because you yeah. were the leaders and you were getting new information every day about you know what yeah. to do. And then we didn't have the vaccine yet, and then when finally the vaccine came. We were I able think, then, yeah. but it was just it was a massive effort. But I I just and I, and I just kept thinking back. Wow, I can't believe I was interviewing 
Anita like four or five months ago <laughs> and we didn't really even talk about public health and now it's like the no. most you know the probably the, the one that she deals with the most every single day because it was just so important and we yeah. never take our, our public health division for granted ever mm -hmm. again because you got and you but I just commend you, you guys did a great job in terms of um just and, uh, and you know there was unknown you know the, and then there were the ancillary effects right so for example people lost jobs right yes so then we had um high unemployment and we had evictions looming right people who were couldn't afford to pay their rent so we had to stand up this very aggressive eviction prevention uh, program, which we still have to this day, we ended up spending over $20 million and served, I don't know, thousands of households um, wow. during, during the pandemic. Um, the state also contributed money. They ran out of money last May. We're still paying money out for people who are facing eviction. Um, we also had to, we stood up two hotels which were um, quarantine isolation hotels because there were outbreaks in the homeless shelters Wow! and the homeless shelters had to be ev evacuated and placed into hotels so that to avoid the spread. So for multiple years, we were operating hotels. Wow. The, the days in on Columbia Pike, uh, feeding people, bringing them medicines, you know, making sure they had all the clothing and everything they needed. Wow. And so then there was the food, the food issue, which um, was managed largely by Diane Crush and Abby Raphael, but later transformed into our current food security uh, plan. Yeah, because a lot of the kids who weren't able to go to school anymore, you know, because the schools were were, were, were shut down. That's where they were getting sometimes their breakfast and their lunch, you know, and they they wouldn't have meals if, if you hadn't stood up some of those additional places to get to get food. So exactly. I, so it so really it looks as though that the while the public health division obviously had to deal acutely with the issue, it you as you mentioned it spilled over into your other because your other four divisions: aging and disability services, child and family services, mm -hmm. economic independence and behavioral health care sounds like you had to do a lot in all those other ones because of the yes. pandemic. So that yes. changed a lot. So okay. let's talk a little bit about, about each of those, um, those areas. I'd like to touch upon these other areas too. So you can tell us what's hot in that, what, what kind of, what the, what are the hot issues and what, what are the, some of the things that people should know about each of those divisions. And, and I do want to note that you can go to the county website, uh, www.arlingtonva.us, and then search for Department of Human Services. And you can see all of the five divisions. And then underneath all of the five divisions, a lot of the services that they provide, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. And um, so, but, um, so we won't have time to go into everything, but I want, I want to give the, the chief of the division the opportunity to, to give us a kind of a at a glance in each of their, her, her areas, and then hopefully she'll come back and we'll talk about some other deep issues. Okay, so I'll tell you what's what's hot, what's happening. Um, so in age, we have one division called Aging and Disability Services. They serve people 65 and older, as well as people with developmental disabilities. 
living in our community. We're about to open a new group home on South Irving Street near Glebe Road, uh, which people will recall was like an old kind of broken down farmhouse. And we took it down back in 2022 and it's gonna house six of the most highly acute uh, individuals who have medical needs and developmental disabilities. Oh, we're trying awesome. to also increase, yeah. And we're also increasing the um, day programs that exist in Arlington. You know, some of our folks with developmental disabilities, when they want to participate in a day program support or employment, they have to take a bus all the way out to Fairfax because wow. we don't because we don't have enough places in Arlington. And there's every year there are folks who graduate from Arlington Public Schools who need these kinds of services. So this year we'll be opening up a new program actually at our Sequoia headquarters in the main building, uh, 2100 Washington Boulevard. Uh, on the fourth floor, it'll serve 15. And we're, we're, we're looking at expanding the Woodmont Center also, so which is um, a program to support people with disabilities. Those are some exciting things. In um, food security, <laughs> You know, we did launch a task force and which is now a coalition in January, 2023. We have 60 active members. It's headed up by uh, Stephanie Hopkins. She's the food security coordinator for Arlington. And we have our first ever food security strategic plan. Wow, great. Yeah, we, they conducted a food security study with the Urban Institute and they identified, you know, some gaps. I mean, obviously, AFAC does a great job. Um, and there are additional needs, you know, there are additional needs for uh, foods that are uh, closer to where people live at, you know, non-traditional hours and just to increase the availability. Let's see. Let me give you some other good news. Let's see. We have a new uh, dementia support program. That just started, you know, we operate something called RAFT, which is um, mental health treatment for older adults who are in like nursing homes or assisted living. Well, now we have a five person dementia support team that's going to be working to really do a lot of education and training to families and caregivers about how to um, address, you know, the older adults who are facing dementia and living living in their homes and living in the nursing homes. So that's wow. something new. Uh, we also have a new first episode psychosis program, which is part of the behavioral health division. That's a program where uh, sometimes uh, very young Teenagers before the age of 18, sometimes or before the age of 20, they uh, develop signs of schizophrenia and they can have a first episode of a psychosis. And if you really can identify it and work with that individual very early on, it can really mitigate some of the long-term effects of, of the the illness. So um, that's something that we're also doing now that we hadn't been doing before. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, what else can I tell you about? In children and family services, 
We have really reduced the number of kids in foster care, which is amazing. Um, we're down to like um, below 60, I would say. And part of that is the approach uh, that the Child and Family Services team is taking. That's great. So we are running out of time. And of course, I have so many more questions. First of all, I know you work with a lot of nonprofits that you partner with them in all, all different areas to um, to help people in Arlington. But what about um, if individuals want to volunteer? Um, are there ways for people to volunteer to be able to be of help? Well, there's always a lot of avenues. Um, you know, I typically will refer people to Volunteer Arlington, which is okay. our clearinghouse for volunteer opportunities. They really have their hand, their finger on the pulse of all the opportunities in real time. We are always looking for people who want to become foster parents, people who wanted to become Narcan trainers. That's a new a new area. You know that Narcan, and we can talk about that the next time, Wanda, is yes. the principal antidote to uh, like fentanyl or opioid overdose. And to become a trainer and to learn how to do it is very easy. And to administer the training and to administer the drug is very easy. So that's something. Okay. That's great. Yeah. I definitely wanted to uh, expand upon that when we do our, our segment on, on mental health because uh, and substance abuse, because this is, if it's that easy, we all want to know. I, I want to know myself how to do that. So. And that's we also, we also look for volunteers to become guardians. Okay. And some of, some of our um, older adults or people with disabilities need guardianship to become legal guardians because they can't manage their own finances or their own, you know, um, legal situation. Okay. So that's also an area that we, we look for. That's great. Cause we know department of human services is all about philanthropy, goodwill, fellow members of the human race. And that's what you do. And I just want to commend you in all the different ways that you're leading. If you had one wish for, for the department of human services, what would it be? I would say it would be to be to be able to be fully staffed, right, and to be able to hire and retain all of our behavioral health therapists that we need. Amen. We know that if we're not taking care of the people who need our help the most, our community will not be healthy. So we all need to work together. So I'm glad that that's what you want is to the fully staff DHS so that you all can deliver these these services. You got the mission. You got the right attitude you have all the parameters in place to really uh, run an efficient agency you need the people the staff so mm -hmm. I really hope that that that, that is something that um, can be done this year so I want I really want to thank you Anita for for joining me and thank you also for the additional time that we'll be spending talking about behavioral health on the next show and substance abuse a very important area that I know our listeners would like to know more about so thank you again for coming on the show. And thank you, Wanda. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. And so if you have any ideas for future topics and guests, please email us at yourphilanthropymatters at gmail.com. This is your host, Wanda Pierce, signing off until next week. And always remember, your philanthropy matters.